You are now entering Frida's world. Join us as we address various issues facing women of color in the workplace. We'll help you navigate your professional and personal life the Frida way. It's Frida's world. Classy and ratchet at the same time. You clash it. Like you love church music, but you Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Frida's World. Happy Wednesday. Happy hump day. And as always, I hope you guys are having a wonderful, wonderful week so far. So for today, we have a very special guest by the name of Janelle Sineas, and she is going to come and share, you know, uh, you know, a little bit about herself, talk about her journey, what she does. Um, I think that you guys are going to find her to be amazing. And I believe that you guys will definitely be picking up some of the gems that she's dropping. She is a young black professional woman of color who's really doing it in these streets. So I think you guys will definitely benefit from this um, interview, this conversation, if you will. But before we get into the show, you know, we always or I always share a highlight of the week. And for those of you who are now tuning into Frida's World, the reason that I share a highlight of the week because I feel that it keeps me grounded and it um, allows me to appreciate what I currently have. And it also um, highlights maybe areas of improvement. A lot of times I think we just kind of go with the motions, we go through the week and we don't really stop to acknowledge the good and the bad and we don't really, you know, and, and it, I think it just allows us to really um, just reflect on what's going on with us. Like you're checking in with yourself when you're able to sit back and identify what was a highlight of the week. And the highlight doesn't always have to be something celebratory. It could be an area of improvement that you identified within yourself and now you're able to work on it. So that's why every week, I think it's important that we all try to, you know, find the highlight of the week. There's definitely, you know, something outside of breathing, you know, outside of waking up for the day. There's definitely something that's going on in our week that is worth highlighting. So for this particular week, my highlight of the week was that I was able to really sit down and actually focus on, you know, what's, I guess, I don't want to say the future, but focus on a specific um, project that I've been, you know, toying with for the last couple of months. You know, I've had some of my friends sit down and say, listen, what are you doing with this extra degree of yours? Are you going to, you know, set out to do what you always wanted to do? with respect to my bioethics degree. So I have a bioethics degree from Columbia and you know I was really heavily involved in disaster relief work and research, you know, for quite some time. But then obviously life got in the way and I was pulled in different directions that it didn't make sense for me to really focus on anything bioethics at all I just didn't make it didn't fall into the scheme of things for me um but although some of you are probably thinking you do a million things what the hell is your problem um you know bioethical issues especially concerning the communities of color specifically you know Um, third world countries and the elderly community, both, you know, in third world countries and here in the United States, um, were always of interest for me. And I feel like there's not a lot of research out there that really talk about the Caribbean population living in America, the elder, the elderly Caribbean population living in America, and some of the ethical issues that they face as elderly people of Caribbean descent here. Um, And I think that there's still a lot of research that needs to be done with respect to disaster relief and third world countries, particularly countries like Haiti that have, you know, a little unstable government, right? And how all of that works. For some of you guys, this sounds Greek to you, but I have a very big science nerd side of me. 
And it's something that I've been trying to, you know, figure out, oh, you know, when am I going to get into it? When am I going to start writing more about it? When am I start going to start doing op-eds and whatnot? And it's always been a, like a when am I, when am I, when am I? Or I'll figure it out, figure it out, figure it out. But what I realized in life you know, you can't keep talking about when you're going to do something. You can't keep trying to figure out when you're going to, you know, throw some time to do a little research or whatever. Sometimes you just have to do it because I had to sit back and evaluate. I am a Netflix lover and I find ways to watch Netflix at all times. Right. So as busy as I am, I will always make time to watch Netflix. Why? Because it does make me feel good. That's my stress relief. The gym doesn't always do it for everybody, but Netflix does it for me. However, you know, again, I have to be practical with the tools that I actually have in my arsenal. I have a degree that I'm still paying for and I'm not really doing a lot with it. And so I need to find ways to, you know, bring more value to this degree that I'm still paying for. Um, And so what I've decided to do is, you know what, Rita, set a schedule for yourself. And that's that's where the highlight of the week is coming from. Set a schedule for yourself, you know, make time to download articles and and read them and research them and figure out like what the first step is going to be. Are you going to continue blogging about this particular issue? Well, what did I do? I got a domain name. Um, <laughs> called the Black Bioethicist, and that was my first step. I actually, I went on all my social media platforms, and I made sure that I, you know, got the name the Black Bioethicist, and that's going to be my platform now to write about issues, specific, you know, cons- bioethical issues concerning the Black community the immigrant community and whatnot. And I used to blog about bioethical issues all the time, but they were all lumped into my personal blog, um, the Madam Esquire. But I, you know, with the stories going longer than I thought it would, but long story short, my highlight of the week is that I actually took a step, you know, in the right direction and was intentional about, okay, I am going to start writing, um, pieces and posting them on a blog platform. And I will at some point maybe do some social media stuff. I'm not trying to get too ahead of myself, but at least I started the process and I'm, I'm evaluating where in my life I can, you know, carve out time. I eat sometimes my lunch breaks. Um, I eat when I get home instead of watching, you know, or, you know, catching up on this is us. (laughs) I can dedicate, you know, a night to say, all right, let let me sit down and write, or I'm going to wake up early to say, okay, I'm going to sit down and put some ideas to paper. So that is the highlight of the week. Um, There are a couple other, you know, happenings going on, but I think I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for them to be finalized before I announce them. So next week, there will be a couple of announcements. So you definitely want to make sure that you tune in. Um, But I think the last thing I want to say is, please, 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 guys, subscribe, rate, and review. It's really, really important for you guys to subscribe to Frida's World, whether it be on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. And also, you know, leave a comment. If, you know, you think that things, you know, can be a little better, let me know. If you love what you hear and you feel like it's benefited you, definitely let me know because that would, that's what gives me the drive to continue and to feel like I'm not just talking to the wall. <laughs> so, um, yeah, like I said, uh, Frida's World is available anywhere you get your podcast for the most part. And so if you can just, you know... Do your um, sister a favor (laughs) and subscribe, rate, and review. I would greatly appreciate it. And so without further ado, the meat of the show. All right, everyone. I'm here with my very special guest, Janelle. Janelle, say hello. Hi, everyone. So... I don't remember what your last name was prior to you getting married. It's fine. It was Morris. I was Very like, clean. Earlier today, I'm like, I'm like, Chanel. I'm like, 
she's my cousin now. <laughs> so I don't know what her name her last name was before. <laughs> it's a forgotten name. Morris. Yes, but whatever. It, it is what it is. But thank it you so is. much for being on the Frida's World uh, show today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this is like years in the making. Like yes. how many times I'm like, Janelle, I need Schedule to get you it. on the exactly. show. We need to figure it out. This is what being a black professional is about, right? Exactly. <laughs> we never have time. Exactly. You have exactly. to schedule things. Exactly. So today I wanted you to basically talk a little bit about yourself. You're yes. a young woman of color out here, you know, not not much younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. a young woman of Very color young. out here doing your thing and you're doing mm, many things. So I wanted to have you just talk a little bit about who you are, mm. what you do, and then we can go on from there. Okay, who am I? That's a big question. <laughs> um, so I'll first start with what I do. So okay. I'm a licensed social worker. Um, I went to school for undergrad uh, social work. I was able to get into a one-year program for my master's in social work. And soon after, a couple of years later, I was able to get licensed. And I've worked for a few agencies, um, but currently I advise at Columbia University School of Social Work. I also um, advise and teach at Silberman School of Social Work, Hunter College. Um, And I love to advise. I love teaching. Um, I also do hair part-time. And um, currently, actually, I'm sitting at Columbia full-time, temporarily, Mm -hmm. um, as the Associate Director of Advising. All right. That sounds like a lot of good stuff. A lot of powerful (laughs) stuff. So I went to Columbia for one of my master's, and so I love the school. But I also know it's a prestigious school, and it's not easy to get any type of teaching gig, advising gig there. And here you are, a young black woman (laughs) in your early 30s doing that. And we have people who are like 40s, 50s, who would love to be able to dip their foot in the Columbia pool. Very true. I remember when I, I heard that you were working at Columbia, I'm like, how did she? How did exactly, she do that? Exactly. How did she do God, that? Right. <laughs> it definitely was God for sure, for sure. Um, but I, I think I'm very uh, eager, so I know I usually know what I want to do. Like mm-hmm. if I, for instance, if I meet someone and they have a profession and I, I seem really interested in it, I'll usually ask, pick their brains, mm-hmm. ask them how did they get there, and that was the case with teaching. And I remember one of my professors I stayed in contact with after grad school. We became very, very close. And I would ask her, you know, like, you know, this is what I'm interested in. What path should I take? And she was very honest about it and just said, you know, keep the connections and always kind of try to take some roles that may seem less than, Mm -hmm. but they're going to get you to where you want to be. So I would always... um, ask around for TA positions because I just wanted to get in because not to say I know I'm going to get to where I need to get to but once I'm in I can shop around you know so I would want to I would ask around to see who had TA positions but I never I never actually was a TA to be in, in, in after uh, graduating, I was a TA in undergrad, but I never was a TA um, when I wanted to teach. It just happened that a position opened up and I just went straight into teaching. I never TA'd. So that's why I say it was God, because, you know, when you skip a couple of steps exactly. in the process, exactly. you know, it, it, this, this is not how it should be. This is not the average. So that was the case with me. Um, you know, I followed what people told me to do that were already in the field. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think you should listen to people that are already yes. in the field that are giving you some hints um, and steps and I usually do and that's how I, I got into teaching at um, Columbia that's where I started I first started advising and then I applied to Silberman School at Hunter College and they took me immediately once they saw I was working at Columbia mm-hmm. I mean I don't want to say that but I think but that that's really, what it, that's what, what it, it is. you know that's what it was but um, and since then I honestly feel like I can apply anywhere and teach for social work so it's 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 a privilege it's definitely a privilege so now you mentioned that you do hair I know you have clips hair care yes. that clips with the k with that the k. is the that's the company and it's funny because I remember I mean I always knew you did hair I was all, yeah. I would always see your hair my other cousin's hair and I'm like <laughs> how did she like where did this how did yep. she do this like how does yeah. it have this natural blowout look yes, and it's like how was this it. happening my favorite style <laughs> but I didn't know that you actually had like a like there was a company behind yeah. it until I think one of your friends was getting married and I think maybe that's how I started seeing the name more I'm like oh this is actual like there's an Instagram for it (laughs) like wait this is let me start tagging exactly Um, 
So how did you get into like how did you get into doing hair? You yeah. know, being a professional woman working, doing social work. How did you get into hair and how did clips form? Like how did it become a yeah. company? Yeah. Great questions. Um, so I started braiding hair back in high school. I had a homegirl who always wanted her hair done and she couldn't <laughs> braid her own hair. Girl, that's and me. she was like, I'm gonna have to teach you because we need to do each other's hair. So she taught me how to braid. Um, and since then I at least knew the basics, like how to braid. And we take that for granted because a lot of black women do not know how to braid. I don't know how to braid. You know, exactly. <laughs> See, like there I could are do a corn roll just, too. Exactly. But that's about it. So I really appreciated again that 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 sentiment for her to teach me. And it, you know, it took me so far. I didn't know, but it would take it would take me this far in the future. So um, after, when I got in college, I couldn't afford to get my hair done. Mm. And I I love getting my hair done. Like, I'm, I'm a woman who changes her hair all the time. So being in college and, like, not being able to keep up with just, like, changing hairstyles, that irked me. So I would go and I would be like, listen, I'm going to figure this out. And this is, like, before the era before of YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> so you was really figuring it out. Like, <laughs> trial and error in your dorm room. So I would do my own hair and it would look decent. Like, I would be like, okay, nobody's going <laughs> to... I look regular. Like, I got my hair done. So I would walk on campus, campus and people... And, and that's the thing about college. They're kind of, It's like, everyone's like, where are you going? You know, mm -hmm. where are you going? Because I'm going to go wherever you're going. You found a woman? Okay, I'm going to go. So people would be like, who, who, where'd you get your hair done? And I'm like, I, I did it myself. And then for me, that was like a huge compliment that people want to go wherever it was that I was going, but it was me. So I remember <laughs> um, I would just uh, do hair here and there, but I didn't publicize it at all at all I would just uh, do my hair do others who asked and I remember there were it's, college is a weird environment but there were there were uh, young ladies that were like do you know how to do sew-ins and I'm like nah I don't do sew-ins and they would be like um, well, well you know how to braid your hair so I'm gonna I'm I'm walk you through it and they would mm. walk me through how to get their sewing in and it always looked decent and they would be like I'm gonna use you cause then I could just give you a little $50 mm -hmm. and that $50 went a long way Hell in college yeah. so I would do their hair and that was just practice for me and then we had fashion shows and at that point people had heard so they would be like oh yeah just do a quick sewing so I was doing fashion shows and I really loved it like it was always a passion for me more than a business okay. or anything like that um, I just really enjoyed knowing that you could come to me to almost get it done half the price or, ha you know, it may not be the the best out there. But the point was, I always felt comfortable knowing that someone felt good with what was in their head. Yes. So um, <laughs> I, I did hair in college. And then I, once I graduated, I went straight into social work. So it really wasn't about hair. But I stuck with I mean, I felt like I improved and I stuck with doing my own hair. Mm -hmm. When I could, I always did my hair. So people would ask like, oh, who did your hair? They were still asking. And I was like, oh, I did it. And they would be like, oh, can you, can you do my hair? And I'm like, I don't have time. I had a full-time job. Yeah. I was like, I'm, unfortunately, I don't have time. Um, and then I ended up leaving my full-time job. Literally quit. I couldn't stay in that agency anymore. It was just really rough on me at that time. Mm -hmm. I was losing weight. Like, the, the just the tension of that job. I couldn't stay within that environment. And I remember when I left, you know, I was praying a lot. I was just like, you know, how am I going to survive? I don't have any money. I don't have anything coming in. Um, and I started taking these odd job, part-time jobs, just random odd jobs in psychology and, you know, research, just random mm -hmm. jobs. And... um. People would ask, like, oh, hey, oh, who did you hear? Oh, can you can you do mine? And I was like, wait a minute. I got time. I have time. <laughs> I have time. I have time. I have time now. And I would say, yes, come come to my house, you know, because we do that. In yep. the black culture, you can yep. come to your house. You don't have to have no salon or anything. Come to my house. And people would be like, all right. They'd come to my house, get their hair done. People would see them. They would refer them. Mm -hmm. And it literally was a referral system. I had never publicized it or marketed on any kind of website and I began, you know, really creating this this listserv of people who were like, hey, hey, I need my hair done. Yep. Or I go to you on a regular to get my hair done. So it was really beautiful. Um, and I had never seen it taken off like this, but it did. And I was just moving with the punches. And, and as that time, you know, as time passed, I also started getting the jobs in teaching. And um, those jobs are part-time. Advising was part-time. Teaching was part-time. So I had this flexible, awesome skill schedule mm -hmm. that allowed me to, you know, do here twice a week or something like that, work 
uh, teach one day a week and advise part time from home. So it, it really, it became my comfort zone of being mm-hmm. able to do all these different things because I get bored really easily. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of like that too. <laughs> yeah. So one is never suffice. So how did you come up with the name Clips? It is really funny, Clips actually. Clips with K. <laughs> Clips with K. So I did not come up with the name. Um, my older sister, she is a businesswoman to the T. Um, she was on, she, she knew I was doing here and she was like, oh, we got to take this on the road. And I was like, you know, it's not that serious. It's, it's really, I don't need to, <laughs> I'm getting, you know, it's bringing money in my pockets and I'm doing people's hair well. That's all that matters to me. She's like, nope, nope. When people ask, who are you? You need to have a name. You have to have a pitch. You have to have all these things. And I'm like, see, you're taking it too far. Um, <laughs> I just want to do hair in my, in my living room. In my living room. That's it. I just want to <laughs> do some hair. But she was just like, you know. Definitely, you need a name, something like Clips. And I was like, Clips? And she's like, yeah, Clips, you know, something like... And it's a, it's really like an inside joke for us because my sister, born in Trinidad, my fam- half of my family is from Trinidad. Mm-hmm. And we, we would grow up when we would go in the summertime to Trinidad and watch their commercials. And they always had weird names for their stores. And we would joke about that. Like, <laughs> yeah, Pennies or... I mean, anybody who's Trinidadian knows Pennies. But the point <laughs> is, this place would be Pennies or Clips. So these were typical names for their stores. So she was like, maybe Clips. And we were laughing about it. But because I was so nonchalant and didn't really care, I was like, yeah, whatever. Clips. Clips haircut. Okay, Clips. And we kept the name. And that's like, how it stuck. Yeah, and now, I never, again, I never thought I would actually be putting it out there mm-hmm. anywhere. So now when I have to put it out there and people are like, why Clips? And I'm like, I don't have anything deep for y'all. <laughs> it's not deep at all. It's a joke that turned into me just being like, I'm going to run with it. So that's it. Clips with a K. Well, and, I, and we kept the K technically because my middle name is with the K. Ah, uh, so, okay. Because I was wondering, I'm like, I'm like, I see that is, you know, it's it had adds a different flair to it. Yeah, you know, everybody's trying to be a little different here. I'm like, different. okay, clips with the K. I can see where that comes. I can see, I can see <laughs> the vision <Exactly>. here. <laughs> but I always wanted to ask, like, where where did that name Wait, come it's from? It's a random name. All right. I'm thinking hair clips. Clips. You do hair. You. It know? is that though. Okay. But it does come from. Just like clips that you use to put in mm-hmm. your hair, whether you're a ki- child or holding hair up, or you yeah. use clips. It's it's the sense of that. But the whole idea was K middle name. It's a weird name. It's a Trinidadian joke. Yep, and we ran <laughs> with it. That's it. <laughs> I will say though, you know, when I started getting um, my faux locks from you, yeah, I go to church. There was two of my friends. I went to church. They're like, "Oh my god!" Next thing you know, I'm seeing pictures on Instagram. I'm like, "Wait, they went to go do their yes, hair too." Do. And then now it's like, now it's like, <laughs> how how you know so and so? I'm like, you mean my cousin? <laughs> like, exactly. how do you know? I knew so her. And so. Exactly. But it's crazy how like so many like people even like talk. people I went to college yes. with, and I'm looking at their Instagram and they're tagging clips. I'm like. <laughs> Yep. I went to college with this girl. Like, how did she, exactly. how, she not even from She's here? Not, exactly. I didn't even refer her. It's, it's gotten crazy, especially with you. I feel like yeah. the random people sit in my seat and, I, and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know Rita? And I'm like, that's my cousin. Are you kidding me? Like, how? It's you didn't even get much. referred. Like, okay. I was like, but this is crazy. Yeah. But that just goes to show, like, the product is good. The service Thank is good. You. Because, yes. especially as black people, we have no problem huh. going on Instagram or whatever exactly. saying, do not go there to we this go. place. It's a scary world out here. Trust me. <laughs> I don't ever want that to happen. Hell, no. But yes, I pride myself on service. More than anything, like, I pride myself on service. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think that over the hair. Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather you feel comfortable in my seat to, to say, hey, I don't like this, which is like the number one thing that, you know, with black women, we we hate that feeling. Mm-hmm. Something not being right and being like, dang, yo, I can't, you know, speak up or I don't feel comfortable exactly. speaking up. Like this might turn into a fight. It doesn't have to turn into a fight, you know. But we've but seen it. The thing is, exactly. <laughs> but the thing is, if they don't feel comfortable with whoever is doing their hair, they're either going to hold their tongue because they don't want it to be a fight. Mm-hmm. So I try to, you know, make it a very... Just calm and relaxing environment and just be myself so that it's like, listen, we just two people. If you don't like something, let me know and I can fix it and work on it mm-hmm. so that you will leave here happy. And I think people really appreciate that yeah. more than anything, more than they're here. Like, yeah. they're like, I just love that I can feel comfortable. Plus, it ain't tons of people sitting up here in their face. Exactly. And I mean, I appreciate that as 
a woman getting her hair done. I just, you know, I don't like feeling uncomfortable. And yeah. that can happen at times. Yeah, I've definitely been in that situation where I'm just like, after like the finished product or even like as it's getting there, it's yeah. like, I guess I'm just going to have to deal with this hey, one. There we go. You're like, it's over. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> I got to have to deal month. with it. <laughs> I know, right? Maybe I cut it down to three weeks. I'll figure it out. Exactly. It happens. And it's just better to, if you felt comfortable, be like, oh, you know, I actually like it like this. Or I would rather like, and see what could be done. I don't feel no way. I want you to feel good. It's exactly. like, it's not about, it's, it's not about my ego. Trust me. I want you to, my, I feel good when you are happy when you leave. Point blank. So where can we find <laughs> Clips with a K hair clips care? <laughs> you can how, find How do we me. book? Okay. So that's a good question. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Clips with a K, K-L-I-P-S, hair care, H-A-I-R-C-A-R-E. Um, and you can book I have appointments twice a week mm-hmm. um, usually the middle of the month I book for the following month um, and you just text me there's a phone a link for email there's a link for phone you can call or text me or email me and I'll get back to you and I'm very personable so you're not speaking to an automated system it's not style seat no offense to any of those yeah. <laughs> but again I work from my home so a lot of this I want to have a conversation with who's exactly. coming in my I want to get to know you. I want to see if we're a match. Like, if anything is, you know, seeming weird from the texting and the emails, Mm -hmm. let's just stop it right here. (laughs) Let's stop this conversation. There's too many hairdressers out there. Yeah. But um, that's how you can reach me, and it'll be a conversation. Most people can consult with me through email. I take the time. I I don't feel rushed. I don't feel um, annoyed Mm -hmm. or anything like that. To, to have a conversation about how you want your hair to be. All right, good. So for those of you who have been all up, um, you know, up and around my Instagram, <laughs> my personal Instagram, yeah. any faux lock that I have yes. done, any like natural bun, whatever has been, you know, courtesy. Well, not courtesy because I've paid for my services. Yes, you did. But <laughs> Thank you. But they have been so done by Clips Hair Care. So yes. I know I was showing somebody the other day because mm-hmm. the, the, they were like, yeah, I want to do faux locks. I'm like, well, let me show you I what I had done. I'm about done. to do my hair right after this. Listen. <laughs> I'm doing faux locks too. I am, you know, I envy the though like people who can do their own hair like I so wish it's the best <laughs> I'm just like man it's the best and the worst because yeah. you, you know sometimes you just want to lay back and get your hair done but I always get disappointed when I get my hair done elsewhere so I'm like listen I remember why I like doing my own hair yep, for a I reason. can perfect it. it it's to my liking I love it so now I wanted to kind of get back to the, you know, professorship, yes. the advising, <laughs> the social yep. work, because um, I wanted to talk about like the importance of advising. I feel like I mean, maybe because I've been out of school for a little while and, you know, I'm not really consulting with advisors um, like that. Um, but I feel like, you know, as we're thinking about the next generation of, you know, employees, yeah. right, especially professional black women, mm-hmm. you know, we want to make sure those of us who are in positions to groom, that yeah. we're grooming them in a way that not just to make them the model employee, mm-hmm. but to give, you know, to, to groom them in a way that gives them like, I guess, the sense that I have a voice. I can yeah. speak up at my job. You know, I, I can be professional, do what I need to do, but I'm also not going to be a doormat. I'm going yes. to be somebody who's going to open doors for Mm -hmm. others and break ceilings. And so I want to talk about your role as an advisor to these, you know, soon to be, you know, professional women working in in actual workplaces. Mm -hmm. Like take us through, you know, I guess your your thought process when you're speaking to a student, Mm -hmm. like what type of advising, you know, like how does that work? I absolutely love advising. I do. I feel like when I looked up like what I should do for a living, I didn't know, but this like a perfect fit for me. Um, you know, when I think of advising, I think that the the um, the core of advising is supporting, period. Like, mm-hmm. that's how I think of it. How can I support you? And that's pretty much similar to being a social worker because it's always how can I support you? You know, mm-hmm. and whatever it is that you're going through, it's not let me save you, you know, which a lot of people get confused. Yeah. It's how can I support you? Whether your decision is to continue doing something that may not be the best, I'm going to advise you on that. And then I'm going to try to support you in not being whatever way might be negative to your life. But um, it's the same thing when it comes to students, um, whether of color or white students. I really try to uh, model to them 
ideal social worker. I think that's really important versus talking about what one should look like. Mm -hmm. I try to be one. And I feel like if they notice how you're supporting them, if they Mm -hmm. notice how you're showing up, they'll be able to see that and respect that and then be able to take on or mimic some of the things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. I think um, a lot of times or at least with professors I've had or advisors I've had, they talk, 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 talk about what the good or the model social worker looks like, but they treat you like crap. And you're like, well, how does this work? Mm -hmm. You know, how does this work where you're not being patient with me? How does this work where you're not um, supporting me and you're not listening to me, but yet you're telling me I need to listen to others and support them and be patient with my clients? It doesn't add up. So I think the best way, again, to build that rapport and to, you know, model for them what they should be doing is to be that. And so I do that as well as always my mindset when talking to them is like, what does it feel like to be them in whatever predicament they're in? And what would I have liked for someone to... How would I have liked for them to show up in this instance, you Mm -hmm. know? So whether it's anxiety, because I get anxious students all the time, Mm -hmm. you know, a student that's anxious... What do they need? They need someone who's also going to seem as if their situation is serious, you know? So to hear the opposite when when they're in this anxious mindset, to hear someone like, you're being too anxious or calm down or you're doing the most, that's not helping them. That's not supporting them. You know, maybe getting some facts to back up why they shouldn't be anxious would be best supporting them in that moment. Mm -hmm. But making it seem like this is important and I can see that it's definitely making you emotional. Let's let me help you by getting you some facts that might might calm you down. And I wouldn't say that, but in the end of the day, providing the facts might calm them down, yeah. and they might be like, "Oh, oh, I don't have any reason to be anxious." And I'm like, "Look, I did my job, and I did not have to make you feel bad. I did not have to say that, like, invalidate how you were feeling. I didn't have to do that. All I had to do was actually do my job, which is support you." And then you're able to feel good about yourself and the situation. So that, to me, is what my job mm-hmm. is. And and it's never to say, well, I don't have, um, well, I don't know. or And it's okay to not know, but not to say I don't know. Yeah. You know, I'm supposed to be a support. So when they come to me and I'm like, I don't know, nobody wants to hear that, especially as a you know, advisor. What do you mean you don't know? Figure, you know, find it for me. Help me. You know, I'm coming to you because that's the whole point of the department. So for me, um, it's a matter of let me get back to you. Let me see what I can do. Let me ask around. Let me do some research. Like those are the terms. Those are the words they want to hear. That's going to motivate them, encourage them to not lose hope. Let me see what I can do. This is how I would like to assist you. They want to hear words that they're not alone. Yeah. And I think that has supported a lot of the students that I've worked with. And, and I feel like it's a privilege to be in someone's life in that capacity, um, especially with that title, advisor. Okay, if you're going to have that title, you need to live up to that title yeah. or else go to student services or whatever <laughs> other department. But mm-hmm. advising, I feel like if you're going to have that title, you need to come with the, you know, the patients and the um just the ability to work with others and actually support others. Yeah. And I think it's really important, especially in a field like social work. I mean, I've worked in different capacities that worked, you know, hand in hand with mm-hmm. social workers, such as the DA's office. Mm-hmm. I was working with, you know, social workers in the victim services yeah. unit. And so a lot of times, you know, when they're in school, they may not know what sector they might end up mm-hmm. falling into. It's just like with law. You know, you go to law school and you're like, yeah, I want to be a corporate lawyer. I want to be a criminal lawyer. And you end up being like, I don't know, a trust in a state's lawyer. Yes. So when they're in school, that guidance is really important to prepare them you know, for what's to come, yes. you know, for different work environments. Mm-hmm. And so I think that you, the fact that you actually worked, you know, yeah. <laughs> in an environment yeah. mm-hmm. is helpful because I find that a lot of times you find academic advisors who like either, you know, went just graduated. Went yeah, yeah, from college, went straight to grad school yeah. and then went straight to advising and mm-hmm. they don't have any real work um, experience. Mm-hmm. So they're only speaking like academically in a sense yes. to the kids yeah. or to the students rather. Um, so I guess how has your um, you know personal experience working in the field mm-hmm. how has that shaped the way you now approach students and how do you yeah. prepare them for the real world the field, yeah so one thing I, I do I think it's good to clarify is and my department clarifies it all the time the difference between advisement and mm-hmm. advising okay so 
advisement is the theory of, you know, college, you go to your advisor and that person sits you down, they look at your audit, your degree audit, and they're saying, hey, you're supposed to be on track with these, you know, these classes, you didn't take that class. Advising in grad school, very different. Mm -hmm. Advising usually is an advisor that's not only there for your academics, but it's there for your field related. So whatever your internship is, they're there if something is happening in your life that is affecting your performance in school. So they have more of a holistic approach Mm, about how they are caring for you. So your advisors in undergrad, I mean, honestly, if you told them like, hey, I'm pregnant, they would probably be like, okay, do you want me to press the button that says defer? Like they're (laughs) they're just, they're not going to really, I mean, I don't know if others had that experience, but from my experience, it was very strategic about you're supposed to take these courses. Did you sign up for those courses? No, yes. Okay, move on. Yeah. So it's very different when it comes to advising and advisement. So with that being said, um, it's been helpful to work in the field and not only work in the field, but work in the field young. So like I said, I went to a BSW program, my undergraduate, which allowed me to skip a whole year in grad school. And then my first job out of grad school, I supervised. I never had a line position ever. God's favor is all over it's you. It's all over. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Shout out to God. <laughs> but seriously, never smelled it, never did it, except for when I interned. So I went from interning to supervising. And it was extremely intense. It was so intense. I was like 23 years old, supervising people who were 40 and 50, and they were upset and pissed as they should have been. I mean, I understand why they're upset and pissed, but at the same time, I wanted to challenge myself. And if someone saw something in me, I wanted to believe that too. Mm -hmm. So I challenged myself and I'm grateful that I did because it almost accelerated every... I I skipped like 10 years, I want to say. And then even hearing you tell me about like, you know, professors are usually 40, 50. Like I'm skipping another 10 years right now. So I probably skipped 20 years overall. (laughs) Um, And I did get work experience, but a lot of my work experience was very different, I would say, from the average person who worked line working. Line working means directly with clients for a while, then upgraded to a supervisor. Very different. I worked usually... Only with intense clients if I had a caseload. Most of the time, I was just supervising, which is a whole different frame of work. But my mindset has always been coaching from the the idea of managerial. Mm -hmm. So once I got into advising, I I feel like I'm coaching students to be managers, essentially. So a Mm. lot of my students, they want to, and a lot of them will ask, like, well, how did you get here? Like, especially they're young. They're like, well, how did you get here? And then I look super young. So, like, it's not even... I am young. It's like, no, I was 23, probably looking 18 or 16 <laughs> at the time. So people were hating, really, they were hating. <laughs> and then when my students see me, I think it, it can, depending on their age and what they may, the dynamics that they may have, it, it, it can either be seen as like girl power, you're doing your thing, especially if I have like a black student, she's usually like winking at me mm-hmm. or something like that. <laughs> or you might have an older student that's looking down or just like prove yourself. You know, yeah. I get that energy yeah. all the time. And at this point in life, I feel a little, I could definitely handle those situations a little differently from when I first came in the field. I was just like bombarded with, why are you guys hate me? I don't understand what I did, but I understand. <laughs> I clearly understand what I did. Um, But I think that, again, it's really a matter of being able to coach them with what I know. And Mm -hmm. because of that, I think that a lot of them get a head start in wanting to be managers. Like they they really feel motivated to be managers, to want to get into some of them want to get into advising after. And I think that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, And and then I have to coach them through that. Like, well, first, you need some experience. Yeah. You need a little bit. You need something. Because, again, you need to bring something to the table. You can't advise if you don't have any, you know, history or any experience. So I kind of did my 10 years in the field and then and advisement, you know, is a good role because now you you are automatically giving back. Yeah. And I think it's really important um, what you said about, you know, coaching them, grooming them to be managers. Mm-hmm. So giving them that sense of confidence, yeah. even before really stepping into the field that I can be a boss. Yes. And then you being that that example that. Yeah. I, yeah, you could be a boss at 23. Yeah. You can be a boss at, you know, 22. And I think it's important, you know, for you to for you to be that, that live example because mm-hmm. they're seeing that, you know, yes, you were a boss at 23. And then now, you know, fast forward, you're still, you know, climbing up. True. And you're True. not letting 
you know, people knock you down. Exactly. Because I think that happens even in a lot of our workplaces with, as women of color, mm-hmm. especially um, some of our spaces don't even have that many women of, you know, that much women of yep. color in there. And it's one of those things where a lot of us, because we work so hard to get where we, you know, wanted to, to get, you mm-hmm. know, we are either hated on mm-hmm. or we're looked down on or the older mm-hmm. assistants are like, why is she my boss? Mm-hmm. I've been here for 20 years. Yep. And a lot of times I think, you know, we kind of internalize that. We go. And then we start questioning like, well, I actually, like you said, skip steps. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't go through all the proper yeah. channels. Do I really deserve this yeah. position? Do I deserve this title? Do I really, you know, d- and should I really be here? Mm-hmm. And it, it starts to like create like an internal conflict within ourselves Mm -hmm. and so how have you how have you dealt with that you know I feel like I wouldn't say I didn't internalize it I would Mm -hmm. say I internalize I think everyone internal you know to some extent internalizes it but it's now once it's internally you know once you're being intrusive about what's going on are you are you trying to come out on top or are you trying to, you know, what, which, which path are you going to take? Mm-hmm. Are you going to be like, you know, well, let me step down. I can't do this. And that is some people's disposition. But for me, it, I, I've always been like a fighter, period, mm-hmm. in my life. Just period. I'm always like, how can I come out on top? I don't care what's happening to me. It's like, well, how can I come out on top? <laughs> you know, that's just the faith I have. It's like, okay, bad things don't just happen to happen. They teach you lessons. You can learn from them. You can grow. You can evolve. And you could become stronger. Like, that's always my my disposition. So, as I internalized it, it was like, you going to let these people break you down? Yeah. You going to let these people drive you out? <laughs> you going to go back to a line job? No, I'm not doing that. I was like, no, I'm going to get my money and I'm going to get my position. And they're going to be mad if they're going to be mad. And I'm telling you, nine times out of ten, ten every single time, the people that I supervised, they were 30, 40 years older than me, end up loving me later. It's just a matter of they they need to get past your age. Yeah. They need to begin to see you for the qualities that you have, mm-hmm. why you were hired, the same cuz you know you weren't hired by mistake. Yeah. You think the people in charge, the CEOs, the people who are in these big positions made a mistake and hired a young a young lady who doesn't know what she's doing. You yeah. think that? That's true. I mean, she might be a little young, but the point is I think they seen qualities in her that they were like she can get this job done. Mm-hmm. So the point is if you are a worker out there struggling with this, being able to push past you know the isms that's the oppressive isms in your mind the judgment that you have against people and say let me see what this person is working with you know and then if they don't live up to my standards then I'm gonna have a card against you but the truth is I work hard and I would work hard until they would see it and they know they would be like ooh I couldn't do that yeah and when they noticed that, they would be like, oh, I'm so glad you're my supervisor. I'm so happy to have you. Oh, you're so personable. Oh, you so, all these qualities that I'm like, you know, I hope that that's what the bosses and the CEOs and the people who interviewed me saw. Mm-hmm. And that's what allowed me to be here. Um, so it's like I, I have to know my qualities that I walk in with so that when people beat me down or say things or talk behind my back or whatever it is that's going on, when I'm internalizing it, I'm internalizing it differently. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? This happens, Janelle. You are young. This is hard. Some of these people have been working their butt off for years. And then some young lady comes who looks like she's straight out the wound and wants to, <laughs> you know, like this is hard for them to to internalize. Mm-hmm. So it's understanding their perspective and just not feeding into it. Not yeah. allowing yourself to be on the bottom, but allowing yourself to be like, you know what, maybe. And again, it's not about proving to anybody anything. Yeah, I but think it's that's, more yeah. So, yeah, it's more so about living up to what you know already exists. Yeah. Like, okay, I know I got this job. So I don't care how many people are against me. I know why I got this job. And it's just a matter of showing and, and almost uh, manifesting why you got the job. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. I don't really like that phrase or that, you know, terminology. You got to prove it to yeah. them. You got to prove, you prove yourself. Yeah. Because it's not really you have to prove yourself. You're here. Right. So you deserve to be here. Yeah. Now it's, you know, are you going to show them, like you said, like that you can come out on top? Yeah. That's really all that is. You know who you are. And you if you didn't know who you this I really believe this one, but if you weren't sure about yourself, you wouldn't even take the job. Yeah. Because your insecurity wouldn't allow you to take the job. You would almost be like, and I've seen people, I have seen and met people who got these great opportunities, and they'd be like, No, I didn't take it. And you're like, What? Insecurity. Yeah. It is a sharp object. Insecurity. So be careful because for me, 
I've never allowed insecurity. I, I've been challenged and I'm like, I know this is going to be hard because it's new and I'm going to have people that are against me. But I'm like, I want to be challenged. Like, I don't want to be in a position that seems easy. I want to be in one that I know when I leave there, I'm going to have more stuff under my belt, exactly. you know? So it's just a matter of not falling into the insecurities. And if you took the job or if you are in that position of where you needed to be, mm-hmm. like own it. Yeah. Just own it. I think a lot of times we don't realize, I guess, our own power in a sense. And we don't we don't understand or we don't realize, I guess, like you said, if 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 we were too afraid or if we felt like we could not handle mm-hmm. it, we wouldn't actually do it. Yeah. We wouldn't actually accept the position. We wouldn't exactly. take the challenge. Yeah. But that means somewhere inside of us. When we were presented with the opportunity, we knew that we could yes. do it. But a lot of times we allow the noise exactly. to kind of drown out, you yeah. know, what our inner self is telling us, what Jiminy Cricket is telling us, what the Holy Spirit is telling yeah. us. And we, you know, decide to, I guess, fall into that. And then that's where all that insecurity comes in. That's where the self-doubt comes in. Mm-hmm. Because I find that like, even with myself, a lot of times, you know, we're professional. People are like, oh, my gosh, you guys, you're doing so great. It's top mm-hmm. of your game. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know <laughs> if that's what it is. Exactly. And, you know, you downplay everything yeah. that you're doing because, yeah. you know, you're just because you're just allowing again, like, OK, well, I'm young. Yeah. But I'm in this position. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And a lot of that self-doubt, I think, is what's destroying a lot of us. And, you know, that. Absolutely. When we're in that workplace, that confidence is what's necessary to let people know not to mess with me. Exactly. <laughs> and also that you business. know what you do. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's the mentality. Any job. I'm about my business. Hey, I'm here to do work. And that's I'm not it. here to play around. And that's that's the thing. Is that everyone's mentality? And that's the A problem. lot of people are there to play around. That's A the lot problem. of people are there to play around. And I'm not about stealing people's money. I'm not about that. If I got a job, it's an honor. Like, it's literally a privilege to work with people, whether it's to do your hair, whether it's to advise you or to even be in front of you teaching material. Mm -hmm. It's an honor to stand before people, you know? And I'm not one to make it about being big-headed because it's so humbling. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of pressure as well. So when you have to perform, all I want to do is perform to the best of the ability. And it's, again, not for other people, but for myself. Exactly. You know, I know what God has implanted in me. And all I want to do is put it on, 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 you know, put it for show. I want people to be able to see that light, not to cover it up or anything like that, not to let my insecurities or, you know, my the, the doubt that does pop up. I don't want mm-hmm. it to dim the light. So it's all about, like, let it shine if it's going to shine. And if it doesn't, it's going to teach me a lesson. You know, there's a lesson in there. Exactly. But I think that with it shining and you putting it out on, like, on Front Street, it serves as a motivation for women your mm-hmm. age, younger women who are, again, coming in Absolutely. on the game to be mm-hmm. like, Huh, if she could be a boss at 23, I could be a boss exactly. at 20, yes. you know? Or new like standard, new, yeah. Exactly, you know, exactly. because I think that, especially with, you know, young black women, you know, the examples are out there. I just think that people aren't really like, I mean, now there's, they're doing better. Mm-hmm. You're seeing, you know, more examples that of media. people shining yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Social media is out there. But I still feel like, you know, there's a whole, there's a bunch of women. And that's one reason, like, you know, I have like this show and the According yeah. to RP. It's the kind of like highlight, you know, everyday women who are actually, you know, doing what yeah. they need to do. Um, being real examples, mm-hmm. real life examples. Because we could see somebody on social media. It's like, oh, she's the head of Google. That's great. Or the head of, I don't know, Starbucks. Facebook, but, you know, yeah. but what about like, you know, people killing it and making it at the top of their agencies and their companies here yeah. in Brooklyn? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, so I think and it's really important. And whatever that standard looks like. Exactly. Know? What does it look because like? Because it looks different for everybody. Even, for instance, like being offered the temporary full-time position at Columbia. Like for people that I speak to sometimes, they're like, oh my God, you're going to get in? Are you going to get in and get this full-time? And I'm like, well, how do you know that's what I want? Exactly. You know, I feel like I've been so comfortable and I and I almost pride myself on having a flexible schedule and I appreciate it. It allows me to take care of myself, which mm-hmm. so many people around me aren't able to do because of full-time jobs. Yeah. I'm not sure. Because I'm still praying on that. I'm not sure if that's where I want to go. Like, I really am not. So it's like not just catching on to what people are doing, but really thinking about, like, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. What do I want my life to look like? Yeah. It's and the then same knowing thing, yeah. that you can. Whatever it is that you create. I don't care what bit, whatever it is, just being like, I can. I can create it. If I put my heart and my soul and my work, I work hard at it. And, you know, I get people to support me in, in it. I can do it. 
And I think that's important, especially for the, you know, the women who are working in either the corporate agencies or, you know, self-care is not something that that is, I don't know, that's known (laughs) to a lot of us. We don't have time to take care of ourselves. But, you know, I feel like it's important to let people know that you can create it. Like some people think it's difficult and it's hard because they're working within a structure. But it's about you, right? You have to think about what's good for you. Absolutely. Everything is discipline. Every single thing, whether you want to start a business or you want to take care of yourself, it Mm -hmm. still takes discipline and you need the willpower. So it's just a matter of like, do you really want to or do you not? And if you really don't care, if it's not a priority, you'll know it's not because it won't show up. It just won't be at the top of your list. And and that's fine if it's not. If it's not, it's not. But again... What did I want? And that's the, you know, what I what what I had to ask myself, what did I want? And and I appreciate and I love opportunities that are coming my way, but I, I don't just jump at it because it's like, oh, this is this is ideal. Mm-hmm. This is what everybody would want. Yeah. No. What do you want, Janelle? You already, you know, laid out what you wanted. Does this fall in a line with what that is, or is this taking you away from it? And are you going to become, you know, um angry and like upset? about this in years to come. Like, I don't want to be that person. I want to know, you know, this is what I, this is a priority to me. This is what I value. And because I value these things, I want things to be a lot, the things that I do in my life to align with it. That's it. All right. That's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot of good, I feel like it's, it's really important to touch on that. I, I find that, you know, people are just content, you know, thinking, okay, well, this is how this is, and I can't really, exactly. I can't really do anything about, about it right it. now. Yes. I'll, I'll deal with it later, but yep. right now I can't, so I'm just gonna go with the flow. Yep. And that's how a lot of us run ourselves yes. ragged, you know. Yes, <laughs> I got friends. I know this, yeah, and, and I've been there as well. Forget yeah. my friends. I've been there. I've, I've been that person, and, and in the cycle, and I'm like, how do I get out? How like, do you break I, it? Exactly. You like, how do I get out? And yeah. Then, and sometimes it, it calls for a hard stop. Or sometimes you just have to put your foot down and say, I am going to implement this into my life. Yeah. It's not a question or it's not secondary, third. It needs to be number one priority. And, you know, for me, I just got to a place where I was like, no, <laughs> caring for me, loving me. That is the number one thing in my yeah. life. Too much. Like we, we hear it all the time. Mental health. Everyone's chatting about it. But it's like. Okay, forget the chat. What are you doing yeah, about it? Yeah, what are we actually like, literally, doing? What are you doing about it? What does your life look like and embody the things that we're seeing as like the effects of mental health or or, or the negative effects of mental health uh, on a regular basis? Like, what are you doing to not become that person too? Mm-hmm. You know, because it can easily be any one of us yeah. out there. And that's what scares me. And I want to make sure that I am trying or doing something and not just talking about it and not just reading about it or saying that's horrible. Like, you know, yeah. like and you're also conveying more. it to, to, to the students that you're advising Absolutely. that work life balance early. I think that work life balance discussion needs to happen earlier and yep. earlier. Like high school needs to we need to be teaching the high schoolers about work life balance because I'm, I'm catching. I mean, I teach seniors at Silberman. So at least they're seniors in college, but most of it's graduate students. So. I mean, I kind of feel bad that I'm reaching them at graduate school level. Yeah. Because that means that graduate school doesn't have to be someone that's 22. Yeah, it could be Typically, 40, 50. I have students that are in their 50s. You know, this is their third degree. This is not, you know, it could be anything. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, to be talking to them about self-care at that point may not be enough. It may yeah. not be reaching them early enough. So I agree that if you have a child out there, it should be implemented from childhood. Mm-hmm. Everything should be from childhood. Love, yeah. everything. It needs to be implemented from childhood. And then when they're an adult, they'll be set straight. At least they'll know or know what that feels like to take care of themselves. Yeah, it understand their worth. It shouldn't be this worth. huge new phenomenon, you know? No. Yeah. And for a lot of us, we, we're now trying to figure out what that looks like to take care of ourselves. Yeah, girl, I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> I'm still it's trying hard. to figure it out. It's not easy trying you know? to carve that time and figuring out, again, not what, not looking at to other people at, yeah. to, as to what the markers are. Like, you know, people would make you. you think that if you don't go to the spa, that's exactly. not self-care. It's about you. I no. mean, my son's away for, you know, the summer break and sitting at home on my couch. Self-care. <laughs> That's, you know, eating, some, you know, drinking a drink or eating exactly. some ice. Exactly. Get icy or something yeah, get like icy that. Indulge from the or whatever your favorite yeah. food is. It's simple, but you have to first reflect. Mm-hmm. Like you got to take the t- minute first to figure out what it looks like. 
just think about, you know, when I meditate, there's a meditation, there's a meditational guide that I have that asks me, like, put yourself in your favorite place. And it cracks me up because my favorite place changes depending yeah. on my mood. But the point is, I started jotting down what those favorite places look like because I noticed that that is what I want real life to look like. Yeah. You know what I mean? So once you start jotting it down, and it, it's different. Sometimes it's just sitting in front in a rocking chair in front of like a glass mirror, I mean a glass window that has sunlight coming through. It looks yeah. different every time. It might be on a beach one day. So I'm not going to say like it has to look one way. Jot it all down so that you just know like these type of things brings me a certain type of calming mood. And that's what I want. Yeah. Not to say all the time, but I want to have that in rotation in my yeah, life. Yeah, at least. You know? So it's we don't, some sort we, of we schedule. We're on a high all the time. Exactly. We got to scale it down. We got to calm down. <laughs> and it takes work to calm down. Especially yeah. living in New York City. Yeah, no, everything is like hustle and bustle. Yeah. Everything is like you have to stop and, yeah. and actually be like, it's time to breathe. Exactly. Get, or get, get a smart watch. It's going to tell you, Literally. hey, time to breathe. Yes. I got a, I got my app that's telling me to yeah, drink water. Mine too. That's how serious it is. Stand up. Yes. <laughs> but you're trying and that's what matters. Yeah. And, that, and, you know, you cannot be trying. The point is there's many people who don't have the will. They haven't put anything in place and they're yeah. still in this cycle that they can't break. So you don't want to be that person. Deep stuff, deep stuff. We do not want to be that person. That is the moral. There were many, there were many gems dropped today. But if you didn't catch anything, <laughs> you don't want to be that person who's just miserable and just unhappy, yeah. unhealthy. Yes. You know, and I think a lot of times, and I know I'm like getting into other topics, but mm-hmm. I probably will have to come back to <laughs> talk about this with you. But I find that a lot of times it's easy for us to kind of relish in that disappointment, relish in that depression, yes. relish in that like, you know, I don't feel good, but I'm not doing it. I don't want to do anything yeah. to to make myself feel good. Yeah. I'm just going to live here. And sometimes it's okay to live there for a while, right? I agree. Yes. But there are people, I think, who are just like, I'm just going to live here and this is just going to be my home permanently. Yes. And they like, you know, that the attention that that brings yes. sometimes. And I think that that's, that's also a negative thing. And I exactly. find that, you know, in different workplaces that I've been, that there's always like that mm-hmm. person or groups of people, depending mm-hmm. on how large, that just like to be miserable. Yes. And sometimes those are managers. Yes. <laughs> And that's why we're trying we, to bring you down too. And you like, I didn't ask for this. And that's why to, to circle back, the advising is important because, yeah. you know, teaching these students, whether they be 20 or 50, yeah. however you, whatever age you get them, that, you know, they have the, the ability to do whatever they put their minds to mm-hmm. it. The confidence that they, you know, building their confidence and, you know, in a sense, teaching them or reminding them of their self-worth when yeah. they enter into these spaces that you cannot bully me. Yeah. You cannot make me feel bad because I'm already, I already know. I already knew about you guys. Exactly. I already heard about what happens. The culture. Of this yeah. Time. Yeah. And they're warned. prepared. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because sometimes it's, it's the lack of preparation. You walk in and you don't, you're like, people do this. Yeah. Managers act like this. Exactly. And then you, you know, you know exactly. You, you, you're lost. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely a part of, some of the seminars that I give is just prepping them for like what to expect. Mm -hmm. A lot of the seminars are what to expect, whether it's self-care seminars or um, talking about anti-oppression in the workplace Mm -hmm. and with your clients. Like we just want them to feel at least not, you can never be too prepared for this stuff because it's life. Yeah. But we want to give them the gems. We want to give them the what to look out for, you know, what to be careful about. We want to give them that. And it's not just in that one area, but in different areas so if you're in school we understand that gradu- graduate school is a lot it's intense so we want to we want you to take care of yourself we want to make sure that you are implementing ways to take care of yourself um, and these are some of the things that I do so that I'm making sure that people are on track and healthy in that mm-hmm. mindset we teach them about terminating how does it feel to terminate with your clients and with the workers that you're with you know if we don't teach that stuff Again, like you just said, they're going to go and have to separate or detach from them, their clients and go nuts. Some of them might go nuts about mm-hmm. it or not know how to do a healthy detachment yeah. and maybe try to contact the client on this. You don't want any of those things to happen. So instead, we prepare them as much as we can and we kind of tell them like the standards of the code of what we we as social workers need to abide to. And, you know, you hope that they will follow it. <laughs> <laughs> 
crazy I is. So you don't know. Listen, Sometimes. I mean, you can only do your job, right? Exactly. You can only lead, you lead, 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 lead the horse to water. Exactly. And if they want to drink, they'll they drink. drink. <laughs> so we're leading. We're leading them. Um, definitely leading them and advising them. Okay. Well, Janelle, I think this is, uh, I mean, it's like I always want to like keep going on forever, yeah. but I can't. But I am, I took some, some notes, mental notes. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm going to come back and talk to you yes. about this. Do a little follow up, a little follow yes. up on, on things. Um, so thank you so much for being a guest on the uh, Frida's World show. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I've been trying to have you here forever, yes. but I'm really happy that we were able to to connect and to, you know, I mean, I feel like I, I learned a lot about you that I, mm. I maybe knew. But now I'm like, okay, yeah, I see all this. I see, I see. Now I get the full picture of Janelle. <laughs> that makes me happy. That's good. yes, definitely. And I'm really, you know, excited for what's to come with the students that you are, you know, that you're too. gearing up to be social yes. workers and and whatnot yes, in in this community. I love working with students. I do. Yeah. Because they're in such a learny, spongy. Yeah. And And it doesn't matter what age, really. You know, if if you're out there to learn, you know, you'll you'll grasp, you'll absorb, and then hopefully you will, you know, (laughs) the the product. I learn and I grab and I absorb. Mm -hmm. And every year I always say to myself that I want to become, you know, I want to gain knowledge from the students and not just like individually, but just like as a whole in my job, in my role. I Mm want to learn. Like every year you should be different. Exactly. So. I'm looking forward to it too. All right. Well, I, you know, wish you luck in your future endeavors as Thank if I'm not going to see you in a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, but, <laughs> but I definitely want to follow up. Yes. Maybe in a couple months, we'll do a little recap yes, show, please. see what's going on, what's new, what's happening with Clips Hair Care. Yes. Cause I'm watching you on the gram and I'm like, Hmm. Got some weddings coming up. We wedding wedding season. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm sure it's going to be. Some in full hairstyles. Exactly. I do have a wedding coming up. Another. I have like four weddings. I have a lot of weddings. And I'm trying to figure out how do I how do I manage the hair. So I'm oh, getting braids. But either way, <laughs> I digress. Another, 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 another conversation. So thank you again for being a guest on the Frida's World You're show. Um, everybody remember that Frida's World is available on a lot of platforms. Like I, I keep like running out of like time to like say all of them. But you know, <laughs> iTunes is one of the major ones. Nice. Spotify now, iHeartRadio, Google. But definitely subscribe, rate, and review. Please share, share, share. And if you have any questions, if you want to be a guest on the Frida's World show, then you can slide up in my DM <laughs> at Frida's World, F-R-E-E-D-A-S underscore world, and send me a DM, or you can send me an email at Rita R-I-T-H-A at Frida world.com and talk to you guys next week it's Frida's world classy and ratchet at the same time you clash it like you love church music but you f- with future that's clash it it's Frida's world